Hello and welcome to Spirit Pig. Inspired by the mission 7 Billion Fulfilled People, I tracked down the greatest thought leaders on the planet and interviewed them about happiness and fulfilment. Today I'm speaking with Dr. John Gray. Dr. Gray has spent more than 40 years working with millions of individuals and couples around the world. He's the author of the most well-known and trusted relationship book of all time, Men Are From Mars, Women Are From Venus. USA Today listed his book as one of the top 10 most influential books of the last quarter century. In hardcover, it was the number one best-selling book of the entire 1990s. And his work's been translated into, I think, 45 languages, more than 100 countries, and they continue to be bestsellers. And he's appeared on Oprah, Dr. Oz, This Morning. The list goes on and on, on and on. I mean, Forbes, USA Today. John, it's a huge honor. Thank you so much for being here. I'm really happy to be with you. Thank you. Um, now, before Robin's jumping straight in with like the relationship stuff, I was I was love I was on your website and I was reading some of the backstory and I, I loved where I think you described it as on the surface you and your family look like a typical Christian Texas family, but you describe your parents as anything but traditional. That they were more the uh, I think the eccentric type, weren't they? Very eccentric. You know, my dad was had a Christian background, but he had a whole bookcase of esoteric books from the Kabbalah. I thought that was interesting. And my mother had a new age bookstore, which had uh, spiritual books from all different traditions. Ever since the age of 30, my dad taught all the family, seven kids, we get on a mat and do yoga. I mean, think about this, Houston, Texas, we're doing yoga. <laughs> it was an interesting family. And then how did that transcribe from reading all these books and yoga? You actually, you, you became a celibate monk for, was it eight years, nine years? Can you, can yeah, you paint, I, paint me a picture of that time? Yeah, it's kind of funny. I'm this relationship expert, yet I was celibate for nine years. Uh, well, I, I love sex, okay, and I have written books on sex. As a teenager, I was very sexually active. I really loved it. I love women. And I had a motorcycle. I had a job. You know, I was a little entrepreneur. At 10 years old, I had my own printing press. I printed cards. It was really cute. It was half half press will travel or something like the half card will travel. It was very cute. Then I had a paper route, worked in a jack in a box as a chef. I've always been into being an entrepreneur. And then uh, uh, the Beatles, uh, and also in the 60s, we got high on LSD and various things, mushrooms and that. It was a, a great time. Uh, then the Beatles, when you go really, really up, you go really, really down. And I remember after uh, Woodstock, it was like I was crashing down. And everybody was talking about the Beatles had gone off to India, was study with the Maharishi, and Maharishi uh, said you can get high, and the Beatles said you can get high uh, without having to crash down if you don't do it without drugs, but you could do it through meditation. Well, I went off to, I flew off to be with the, the Maharishi, hoping to see the Beatles and also learn meditation, uh, but I never left. I, the Beatles had just left, so I never got to see them, but uh, the, I thought the Maharishi was really cool. He was a a very self-actualized guy. You know, he wasn't a perfect person by any means after I got to know him after nine years, but he was a great person, hardworking, happy person, fulfilled person, and he was a celibate. And there's no question about it that celibacy for people who just want to be yogis and meditate and experience higher consciousness, uh, as your energy is going up, uh, celibacy can be very helpful. I don't need that now, and I don't think everybody needs that, but I was like driven to be like him and have these spiritual experiences. Uh, back in the teenage years, I'd read the book by Yogananda, which was very fantasy oriented with all these uh, 
out-of-the-body experiences and angels and powers. And I was just like, cool, you know? It was like Marvel Comics. I grew up uh, in the era of Marvel Comics. You know, I'd, every Saturday I'd go read the Marvel Comics and powers. And so that was really my motivation, a, a spiritual power, so to speak. And But what I got is a kind of enlightenment. Uh, I don't, you know, people can think of enlightenment as perfection. I certainly don't see it as that. But I was... I. Nine years, you know, I was very devoted to him, to the message, to uh, helping people meditate and thinking that was the answer to all problems. And it is a foundation in life without a doubt. Uh, you know, I've had huge success and I attribute a lot of that to my groundedness and my spirituality. But it doesn't do it all by itself. You got to get out there and work. You got to work through your emotions. You got to let go of fears, anxieties. You got to find forgiveness. That led me on a trail for nine years of the Healing the Heart seminars, where I was teaching people how to heal the heart to remove all these emotional blocks that we have. Meditation didn't do that, but it gave me the witness, the presence, the ability to let go of those things, and then they come up. Uh, then as it came up, I began to experience this unconditional love from my wife. We've been married now 32 years, and that's where I really began to hone in on the differences between men and women. Because, you know, it's obvious that we're different, but how to articulate those differences in a way that's not judgmental, in a way that doesn't say somebody's less than me, but a way that uplifts them, appreciates them, respects them. And that's what I was able to do in my work. And then I developed the Mars Venus materials in my third cycle of nine years. Uh, and now I'm, you know, I, I'm teaching all that stuff and I, and I, I moved into the importance of nutrition and for your health as a foundation for higher consciousness, as a foundation for love, as a foundation for great sex, as a foundation for being good parents, you know, all of that, you, you've got to bring it all together. And when you're a highly functioning being, you need more nutrition than the food today provides us. So over the last 10 years, I've been really focusing on all of that. And now what I do, and yet we're up to 65, uh, I travel around the world, you know, I worked it out with my wife, you know, she's happy with me being gone a third of the time. I'm back here with my grandchildren and my children for two thirds of the time and my wife. And we still, you know, in the 60s have great sex, you know, it can happen. Many people, younger generation just think, oh, marriage is outdated because they want passion. Because once you have higher consciousness and the younger generation does have higher consciousness, you want to sustain that sort of ecstatic state in a relationship. And I'm an example, I do it, and I know how it's done. And it's uh, it's learning the relationship skills and insights, which uh, I've sort of elevated the ideas of, of men are from Mars, women are from Venus, which is the differences between men and women, how we come from different places, to what's happening today. We know men and women are different, but today, with higher consciousness, we're more connected to spirit. And as a spiritual being, I'm, I'm, I'm both masculine and feminine. So there's a lot of gender confusion as people are gaining this enlightenment connection with spirit. They're free. They're no longer going to depend on somebody else to tell them the right lifestyle for them. They're going to follow what's in their heart. That's called enlightenment. And when you have that enlightenment, it doesn't mean happiness and it doesn't mean peace in your life. It means you got you have the potential to find it on your own. But you've got to be able to articulate to yourself and to others both your masculine qualities and your feminine qualities. And the tendency is to embrace both sides of us, but to recognize in our lifestyles today, when we have gender neutrality, we don't understand our body is still masculine, our body is still feminine. And if you don't do certain things in a masculine body, you develop female hormones too much and you become angry, you become irritable, you become depressed, you get heart disease, 
All these things happen, you lose your libido, when you become too much on your female side if you're a man. And if you're a woman and you get too much on your male side, which is doing testosterone producing jobs, you have to have new skills in your relationship to come back to your feminine side. So it's a whole advanced message that I'm putting out now, which is how to come back to balance to your true authentic self, to your unique self. So when we're talking often about this is the way men are, this is the way women are, it's it, we're talking more about the masculine versus the feminine, as opposed to all the people in the world, it's very binary, you're either this or you're that. We've all got each of both sides and it's working out that dance, that balance between the two. That That's correct. So let me give you an example how to put these two worlds together. Because what I'm saying is that we're the same and yet we're also different, which is really the most spiritual message there is, which is unity and diversity, university, which is education, is to see our oneness, but also see our uniqueness and our differences. And as a man, let's say I grow up and I'm a man and I have no positive role model of a father. And this is happening a lot to a lot of young men, you know, with so much divorce, 52 percent of children are now growing up without two parents at home. So let's say I grow up and I don't have a positive role model of a man and my mother is angry at my father anyway or felt betrayed or abandoned or she can't trust a man. Then I have no role model that a woman can be fulfilled through me or that my masculine qualities of my body and every man, regardless of uh, whether you're gay or you're straight or you're big hearted or you're a musician, you still have more masculine qualities than a woman, period, because masculine qualities are related to our hormones. Let me give you an example of that. If we're two guys and we're watching a football game and our, and we like football, it's just we like football. And then, and I'm not even into sports so much until I watch it and then I get into it, you know? It's like, I'm too busy doing other stuff. But when I'm with my guy friends, if we were like watching a football game, soccer, you know, you totally get into it. So when a guy gets into it and his team's winning or his team's at least doing a good job, he basically identifies with that player out there in the field and his testosterone levels go up. They double. Now, testosterone in a man regulates his mood. So as a man, if my testosterone goes up, I feel like alpha male. What happens? I have more confidence. I feel happier. I feel more motivated. I feel energized. But let's say my team loses. My testosterone levels drop <laughs> and I get angry or upset or I'm bummed out. I want to drink more, whatever. So Really, what happens in the outer world affects our hormones. So I use that just as an example. Right now, I'm doing this interview with you, and you're kind of chuckling and laughing and liking the point. Boom, my testosterone goes up. Because anytime you're a man or woman, if, you're test if you feel successful in achieving a goal, uh, success, your testosterone goes up. If you feel unsuccessful of something that's important to you, then your testosterone goes down. So what we see is that for all human beings, feeling successful is very important to sustain testosterone levels. Now, here's the difference between men and women. And this is biological, so we're really splitting the world in half. There's all these men and there's all these women. And let's create a little space for 3% that's a balance of, has a different biology completely. And I can talk about that exception, but I'd rather talk to the 97% of the planet. If you're in that 97% of the planet, the, the uh, testosterone in a man, in order for him to not be depressed, in order for him to have the energy to feel motivated and feel good, his testosterone levels need to be 20 to 30 times more, or at least 10 times more than a woman's. Wow. That's the difference between men and women. If my testosterone was the level of my wife's, then 
I would be depressed. I would be irritable. I would want to commit suicide or I'd have a heart attack or I would become highly argumentative and irritated and annoyed. See, in the past, everybody's always associated irritation, annoyance, anger with aggression and violence. And that's what men get labeled in that category. And they always associate violence and aggression with high testosterone. But now science has told us it's not high testosterone. It's high estrogen. It's when a man's estrogen levels increase, that's when he becomes emotional and angry and violent. And, or, and violence is actually a taught behavior. If you've been controlled by violence, then when your estrogen goes up and you're a man and you're in a fight or flight mode, then you become violent. If you haven't been taught violence through punishment, then you'll run away. So again, violence is just a learned behavior, but what puts us in the place where we become like a, a violent person, where we lose control, because nobody wants to be violent, it's just the last resort. We lose control, and a man, when he loses control, his testosterone turns into estrogen. This is measurable, this is biological, it's not testosterone that causes aggression in men, it's lack of confidence, not knowing what to do in a stressful situation. Now the flip side of that is women need 10 times more estrogen. So when I have the woman's estrogen and I'm out of control, I might become violent or depressed or irritable or, and lose my libido, that's another big thing. And that's a lot of younger generation, they're moving from one partner to another, because they're not getting enough stimulation of those hormones to feel that attraction. You, you know, the attraction, a man feels attracted to a woman when his testosterone levels are 10 to 20 times hers. And if her testosterone is high and his testosterone is low, they can't sustain the passion. Mm. It's gotta be a difference to create traction, kind of like North and South poles of magnets. Women don't really feel that attracted to a man unless her estrogen levels are 20 times his. This is where women get in the mood for sex is when their estrogen levels double. Now that biologically will happen uh, if she's somewhat happy in her life, it will happen around the time of ovulation. That's 10 days after her period is over. She ovulates around that time, her estrogen levels double and her testosterone levels shoot up maybe 300, 400 times her normal level. And that creates in her a desire for sex. Uh, now, what, what can also raise her estrogen is romance. That's why women often, you know, they fall in love, they want romance, they want attention, they want to talk, they want to share, they want to feel safe, they want to feel understood. You know, my whole book explains hormonally what's most important to a woman and ironically, for her happiness and for the success of passion in a relationship, sustained passion, the more independent women are, which is now great, women are when they're independent, testosterone gets produced. Now biologically, when testosterone goes up, estrogen goes down. Very interesting. So mm. suddenly, you know, women are not able to sustain the attraction with a man. She has to have an attraction with a man she doesn't know. Uh, or it's going to be newness or something. Because yeah, newness, if there's newness and a woman feels safe, meaning the man hasn't done anything to uh, betray her, and he seems like promising, the newness will bump her estrogen level up, uh, double it, and suddenly she can be in the mood. So th this is like amazing when we start understanding the dynamics of what goes on in relationships, why passion goes away, how to bond with the opposite sex, how to say the right things. And it's not like playing games. It's not a game of manipulation. It's, a, it's an understanding of what does this woman need? How can I bring her back 
to her feminine hormones. What a woman can learn is how can I rebuild in my my husband his masculine hormones to keep his hormones up? Because what's happening with men is you have to think about historically for about a million years or as long as we've been here, women depended on men for their survival, okay? Because they're pregnant most of the time. And so you depend on a man. Imagine, you know, somebody depends on you for their survival. You're a hero. You're Superman. (laughs) You know, you are needed. It's like there's a house burning and you go into the house and rescue somebody. Your testosterone levels are alpha male. You're just feeling great. You've got a job to do and you're rewarded for that job with a woman's love. And she appreciates you enormously because when a woman feels she can depend on a man, she needs him and she can depend on him. You're her man. That causes her estrogen levels to soar. It causes his testosterone levels to soar and they can have great sex. (laughs) So, So to a certain extent, men throughout history have been, they had a job. Just simply hooking up with a woman, you had a great job of being hero. Today, women don't really need men. Uh, Now, my message is they actually need men more, but not as protectors and providers. But to a certain extent, that's still true. But she can call the police. She's got an alarm system on her house. You know, she can have, you know, she's got a job. She can pay all her bills. So all that independence that women have, autonomy, it's great. This is what's going to change the world because it puts women on equal footing with men. But at the same time, because testosterone is power, women need to have equal power. But for women to be happy and for men to have equal power, men have to feel they can make a woman happy. That's where our power comes from, is to provide for others their needs being fulfilled. Now, I'm, you know, as a teacher, I get pumped up with my testosterone because I'm truly helping people. I'm making a difference. I work hard at it. But that would be nothing to me at a certain point if I wasn't taking my resources and using them to provide for some one person who's more important than anybody. And that's called a soulmate. You know, people think a soulmate is somebody who's just like the one person in the world who's more special than everybody else. Well, it's the person you fall in love with has enough compatibility with you, but you make them your soulmate by prioritizing them. That's the value of monogamy is you make sacrifices for that person, but it's not like, oh, I have to give up something. It's no, I'm giving more to one person who I choose to give more more to. It's like as a parent, any parent can relate to this. You know, when you get up in the middle of the night to take care of your child, nobody wants to do that. That's a sacrifice, but you don't go, oh, bummer, I have to do that. One part of you does, but the other part of you goes, I love my child, I'm happy to do this. And that's what builds character. See, character, you know, my job, I have to fly around the world Uh, You go through all kinds of disasters. Yesterday I was in a car accident, you know, but when I got knocked out, I went, wow, that was the coolest experience I've ever had. And and then when I came back, all this this uh, humming sound, I went, wow, you know, I can still remember it being knocked out. That was very cool. You know, you got to look at the positive of it, you know, and my my you know, my my hands healing, it will heal. But you can dwell on being a victim in life. Life is always going to give you curveballs. Or you can focus on, you know, what was good about it, what you learned from it and move on, but be authentic about what's upsetting you, but let it go. The whole key is be authentic. What you feel, you feel. But if it's negative, let it go with forgiveness, with understanding, with insight. And that's where you get to the place of, it's kind of like a cliche, which is everything happens for a reason. But nobody can really get that until you actually get to a place in your life where you look at your life and you go, a lot of bad things happen, but I certainly wouldn't be the person I am now without that happening. And I'm so grateful of where I've arrived. 
but often people aren't grateful for where they've arrived, so they can't see the synchronicities of everything that happens in our life is helping helping us in some way. So it's a friendly it's a friendly way of looking at the universe, and that's sort of like a spiritual per, per, you know philosophy. That's the that's the monk coming back. <laughs> yeah, that's the monk coming back. Exactly, that's coming forward. But it comes it comes forth a little bit more now. But the uh, the, the in a relationship, it was looking at all of the challenges that men and women have actually helped to teach us to be more whole people within ourselves. Because the things that are most difficult for me to embrace about my wife are actually feminine, certain aspects of her feminine side that I'm not embracing yet. And so by learning to forgive her and for what she annoys me, bothers me sometimes, I just let go of blame. You know, if I could have titled my new book, Beyond Mars Venus, I could title it The Complaint-Free Marriage. How to have a relationship without complaints. Anytime I'm complaining about her, I close my mouth and I go off and I pump my testosterone up. Because when your testosterone goes up, you have no complaints. You're a superman. Everything's like no big deal, no problem. I can handle it. I got great goals and plans. That's what testosterone does. But when your wife's complaining about you, you get upset, you complain back, your testosterone goes down, your estrogen goes up, and then you become this like whiny, complainy, angry, irritable person. And happens to all of us as men, and we just don't know how to get out of it. We get caught up in a part of our brain, which scientists call the monkey brain. And it's simply monkey see, monkey do. It's like a mirror. If you're, if you're complaining about me, I complain about you. And that's when the blood flow goes to the middle part of the brain or the back part of the brain. That's called fight or flight. Then as a man, your estrogen levels shoot up at that point. The key is when your estrogen goes up, know that you can't think with the front part of your brain. You know, the can-do guy, the successful person, whether it be man or woman, to achieve our goals, to be loving and to be successful means you have to function from the front part of your brain. And that's what meditation develops, by the way, is access to the front part of the brain or... Meditation is one thing, and I love it, and I teach it. It's great. But the other thing, any discipline, anytime you discipline yourself to do what you feel in your heart is the right thing, and you stick with that, that makes the front part of your brain in charge over the monkey brain or the reptilian brain in the back. The reptilian brain is where all your juice is. That's where your libido is. That's where your power of healing is. That's where your energy is, your vitality is, your longevity is is back in this back part of the brain, all the unconscious processes. But the, the way we regulate that is through breathing. Because see, unconsciously, we breathe all the time. So when you can consciously breathe, uh, control your breath, you know, count your breath in and out, that's one form of meditation. You're actually connecting the front part of the brain, saying, I'm in charge of the back part of the brain, rather than being unconscious of the back part of the brain or letting the back part of the brain control you. So violence is when the back part of the brain is in control. You've lost control. Uh, addictions is when the back part of your brain is controlling you. Uh, unfortunately, you know, like porn is all it's doing is weakening the front part of the brain and letting the back part of the brain take over. And that makes you more reactive to life. And, you know, porn tastes, feels great, tastes good. It's, it's alcohol, it's liquor, it's drugs. It's, you know, everything in moderation in my point of view. But the key is you let this part of the brain control that part of the brain to do what you believe is most productive, is what's gonna have the best outcome for you. So, you know, that's one technique, which is why all these spiritual disciplines were so important. It's learning to let this part of the brain control that part of the brain. But what I found is my relationship skills are beyond even this primitive meditation type stuff, is learning, for example, as a man, when you're listening to a woman, to not let her upset you, to not let your emotions take over 
but to try to understand and to get good at understanding. And that's where all the Mars Venus insights come in is to understand where she's coming from and help her find that place again. And if you get ruffled, then you know your estrogen's going up. So you call time out and you go off and do something on your own to rebuild your testosterone. And then you chop come some, back to chop some wood. Yeah. <laughs> go chop some wood. Exactly. You know, it's, it's going, like, man, I'm, I'm a hunter, gatherer. I'm chopping wood. Now, that's yeah, one of the things I found fascinating where it's when you're talking about that, about the, um, the testosterone and the estrogen, it, it just demystifies some of this stuff. I mean, you, you don't know what you don't know. And um, hearing some of those different dynamics, like one thing which was fascinating was um, men naturally alternate between, on the one hand, needing intimacy, but then actually needing autonomy, backing away, needing space. Can you give an example how that might yeah. play out? It's such a great idea. It, it's, you know, I, when I wrote Men Are From Mars, everything in Men Are From Mars was just my observing the people that came to me for counseling. And literally every single person that came to me for counseling fit those descriptions perfectly. Now, having 25 years later, maybe 90% of the population fits that popular, those, a lot of those dynamics. But then about 10 years ago, there was a reversal starting to take place. Because when women go more to their male side, now they're, they're going to take on some of those patterns. And so they're going to say, women will say to me, gee, I feel like I'm from Mars. I go, yeah, on the surface you are, but you won't be happy being from Mars. You need to find the part of you that's from Venus as, as well. So you just brought up such a cool point, which is right from men are from Mars, which is a, the tendency in, in the man and in some women who are really on her male side. Okay, the tendency in men, testosterone tendency, is you get close because uh, you want to achieve a goal. You want intimacy, intimacy and love. We all need it. We all uh, are fulfilled through it. That's a human need is love, intimacy, closeness. So my testosterone gives me the motivation, the courage, the energy to connect. So as I'm connecting, my testosterone's going up. I've achieved my goal. Testosterone goes up. I'm feeling attracted and turned on if it's kind of a sexual relationship. And then we connect. I've achieved my goal. I climb the mountain. Now I can relax. And relaxation is now my estrogen starts to go up. I feel good about her. I feel good about me. I'm now experiencing intimacy. I'm now feeling this love. It's like when you're having sex, you say, I just want to keep going forever. You know, and I love you. I want this to be forever. That's addiction. That's attachment. Estrogen is attachment. So I just want to, that's the sex is like clinging and holding or just want to squeeze her, make it one. You know, that's yoga. That's union, you know, just coming together. So what's happening at that time is my testosterone is spiking, but also my estrogen spiking. So you're getting this elevated state of the whole spiritual being of testosterone and estrogen. Then what happens is oxytocin gets released and this oxytocin then immediately pumps estrogen higher, which pushes your testosterone down. That's when you want to fall asleep, but the testosterone's going down. And as a man, you're in love with her but that love is estrogen and your testosterone's down, you need to pull away from her to be independent, to be autonomous, to be on your own for a while, which will rebuild your testosterone. And once your testosterone goes back up, your estrogen goes down, now you can have your testosterone achieve connection with her and there's room for the estrogen to come back up and you connect, estrogen goes higher, you gotta pull away. So this is like this dance cycle between men and women always where men get close, everything's good, then we need to pull away for a while to rebuild on our own because there's nothing more delicious for a man than to feel, okay, I made this woman happy, I fulfilled her, she just had this climax or she's so happy to be with me. You get the taste of that and that's like a, a, a delicious coffee, I just finished the coffee, you want more? 
You know, it's like uh, alcohol. You know, you want more. It tastes so good. Or take drugs. You know, you just go, I want more of that. Now you're becoming too dependent, too attached. And so there's a natural mechanism in men, which is basic, try, their hormones trying to balance. You want to pull away. The body will start to pull away. Now, many men don't understand this cycle. They don't give themselves permission to pull away. Remember I mentioned the man who didn't have a father or the man who had a father and the mother wasn't happy and the father wasn't really good for the mother either. I don't want to blame it on women here. It's both sides. But what would happen is generally women would complain, oh, your father's not here. Your father didn't show up. He's not there. You can't depend on him. So what happens is the boy then feels guilty when he starts to pull away from the woman and the woman doesn't know men are supposed to pull away. When I pull away, my wife is relieved. She says, yeah, go out and be with your male friends. Go chop wood because she knows that I come back more loving. She knows that's how I build my muscles. Go to the gym, go out, go kayaking, go ride your bike, you know, get out there and, you know, go re write a book You know, do something on your own to rebuild your testosterone. And chopping wood isn't the only way to do it. Meditation. Yeah, but it's a, it's a, it's a fun metaphor, but it's literally meditation is one of the ways I do it or driving my car. I just go drive my car, run some errands. I mean, because I have a cool car. <laughs> it's just, if you've got a great car, again, my testosterone goes up just getting in my car. <laughs> but what I think, yeah, I mean, that, that's a really interesting point because when you sort of, um, I don't know, demystify it, it's, it's when somebody goes away, it's like the man doesn't have to feel guilty. The, the, the woman doesn't have to feel like, oh, ha what's happened? Have I done something wrong? There's not this, this miscommunication where it's like, why are they leaving? Once you understand the cycles, the flows, the natural, like what the biology of the body, then it kind of, it removes all the, all the um, I don't know, it takes away the sort of the, the, the personal and the ego and the, oh God, have I done something wrong? What's happened? It just removes that from the whole situation, which is, it's, it's, it's fascinating. Yeah, well, what happened, I mean, stories help understand this stuff even better than the concept. You get the concept, but I remember when I first really put this in action, you know, I'd been with my wife for seven days. We were moving her aunt up to Northern California, and we were with each other all the time, working, getting everything together, which is a lot of stress, driving up here, bringing her up here. And then I'm like, okay, I've been with her for seven days nonstop. I need to go out with the guys. You know, I'm going to go to the guys, go play basketball. You know, I'm going to go hang out with the guys, drink beer tonight. I'll see you tomorrow. And she looks at me like she's all hurt. How can you leave now? And I went, why? And she says, she says, uh, we haven't had any time together, which was very funny to me. <laughs> she's been seven times. But I'm a little smarter than that. I, I, I retranslated it to mean we haven't had any quality time together. So I said to her, I said, look, honey, I've been with you seven days. I just need some time to be with my guys. And I promise you, I will have so much more to give tomorrow and I'll create a special quality time for us. And she looked at me. She was all hurt. She didn't believe it. And, and I just had to like man up and just say, you'll see, you'll see. And I went out and, you know, hung out with my guys. The next day I planned a date. I brought out to dinner, went to see a show. And she went, wow, that was amazing. And 25 years later, now we've been married 32 years, but 25 years later, I remember when I asked her how, how she felt about me as a husband, how she rated me. And she said, you know, I'm not a perfect person because I'm not. But she said, you've given me the greatest gift any woman could ever want. And I said, what's that? And she says, I know that I can upset you. I can do things that upset you and irritate you and annoy you and bother you. And when I do if I, if I do that, I know that you'll take some time in your cave. You go off to your cave. I don't know what you do, some magic. She like waved, you do some kind of magic 
but you always come back and you're always more loving. And that makes me feel safe that I'll never lose you in my life. And, and that's the, that is at the deepest level for women to produce estrogen is the feeling of safety that they're not gonna be left alone. And that's part of that fear is what motivates so many women to wanna be self financially self-sufficient because they're so afraid that if somebody was to leave them, they'd be left alone. But the bottom line of this is that, and, and there's a reality to that as well, which is, I think it's a great evolution that women are developing their male side because that gives them more freedom to feel safe that if a man did leave, she can take care of herself. Therefore, she can open her heart even more to depend on him to be there. And so the capacity for women to fall in love is greater now and to sustain love. The potential is there, but to actualize that potential, she needs to recognize when she's out of balance and how to come back into balance. And then we talk for men how to rebuild testosterone and we only scratch the surface on that. That's why I rebuilt a whole book on it. But for women, how to find balance by rebuilding their estrogen without depending on their boyfriend or husband or a man sure. to rebuild their estrogen so that then they feel safe enough and, and the estrogen's high enough where they can take it to the double level, which a man can bring her to. If she's uh, uh, heterosexual, it's really easy. But if she's bisexual or gay, uh, what I've heard from the you know gay women is often after a while they get dead bed and they just can't get that estrogen up to that high level. And they, they watch male porn, uh, you know, gay porn of men in order to get some masculine energy in there that will knock their estrogen up enough so that they can really be turned on. Because women have to double their estrogen to get turned on. And when you're with a woman, two, two estrogens, you, you get estrogen, a lot of estrogen, <laughs> but, but you need, somebody needs to have the high testosterone because testosterone in me creates estrogen in my wife. Estrogen in my wife creates testosterone in me if it's positive. We see, you know? we, we look, we see that everywhere in nature. This, this polarity, be it like you're talking, uh, used, you used Every the magnet analogy earlier, like north and south, yin yang. It's that that polarity all around nature to create. You need the, the both to create that tension. Is, is that correct? Absolutely. This is everything in the universe is the polarity. The Taoists would talk about this, the Chinese brought this in, but the Hindus also have it. It's always been in all the ancient traditions, the male, the female principle, and they have to be sustained. And, and sex, I mean, think about what sex is. You go in, you go out, you go in, you go out. Think about what therapy is. You know, Basically, a good therapist understands the dynamics as you create a safe place for people to talk about what they don't like, what they don't want, and then you get to talk about what you do want and you do like, that's it. I mean, that's the, that's the pump in life. You know, it's like, what do I not want? Okay. What do I do want? What do I do want? Well, I don't like that. And so it goes back and forth. That's how you generate this life force energy of bringing the two, two qualities together. Now, what's cool about my new work is, and, and beyond Mars and Venus, I look at as a spiritual being, I'm both masculine and feminine, but I need to clearly articulate my independence, for example, is my testosterone. My dependence is my estrogen. So I have to make sure as a man, I'm more independent than I am dependent. What women have to realize is they have to find that they're more dependent than independent. So that's the problem for women today. You get all these women who are totally independent. They're not sleeping. They're taking sleeping pills. They're taking antidepressants. They're not happy. They don't feel the need for a man or they can't sustain passion for a man. Once they get to know them, it's dead. 
They want to move on to the next guy. They find themselves becoming more judgmental, more critical, more picky. Nobody's good enough. And so you can't pick somebody. And the same thing happens to men when they go too far to their female side is, again, they're out of balance. So when you're out of balance, you can't fully love. So you're not you're, you find it. But yeah, I like that. But that I don't like that. I don't like that. I don't like that. And they get stuck in this sort of negative cycle as opposed to being able to grow in our capacity to love someone and sustain those feelings. Because it's about feeling empowered. It's, it's when somebody can bring out a feeling in you that's better than you can do alone. But then what happens is you get dependent on that and now you go out of balance because you have to always depend and then come back to being independent. And women who are becoming independent, they have to come back and feel safe enough to depend on a man. But what do they need? What do they depend on him for? That's just as men are out of work. Women don't know what a man's work is. And the man's work is no longer just to provide financial support, uh, physical support, but to provide a kind of emotional support. And that emotional support is not for him to be a girlfriend. Girlfriends can provide a kind of emotional support for other women of similarity. But you get a huge shot of estrogen when somebody who's different from you gives you a kind of emotional support. And that emotional support that women need from men particularly is to feel heard, to feel understood, to feel that she can reveal what's inside of her without having to edit herself. Now, in the beginning, you do have to edit yourself. It's like a job interview. But in my marriage, my wife can say anything she wants to say, which is not always pleasant for me to hear. But I can, if something becomes, if I react to it, then I just put up my hand and that's it. I just say, I hear you. And that means conversation is over. Imagine having the power and she's glad I do it. You know, she basically goes, I'm free to say what I want. And then, of course, if what I say pushes a button in you and you start to get defensive, I know you're not going to talk. Because what, what I explain to men is once you're in defensiveness, that's argumentative mode if you're a man, your tone of voice changes. You have to recognize, she'll notice it long before you do. But you learn to recognize when you're in a defensive mode and you're arguing, complaining, whining, you know, blaming, any of that stuff, that's your testosterone turning into estrogen. It's only gonna go downhill from there. Everybody's had this experience. It only goes downhill from there. It's like a ping pong game of blame, 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 blame. And it ruins relationships. What, what a man has the power to do, which is much easier for him to do it than a woman, is to say, stop talking. He just stops talking. You don't say to her, stop talking. You say to yourself. So my message to her, I'm not talking another word. I just say, I hear you. And that means you can say, why don't you wanna listen? What's wrong with you? I'm not going to speak because what I know now is that if you're upset with somebody and you're, you and you speak, your estrogen levels go up. So it's only going to get worse. You know, like if, if you feel, if you feel crap worse. now, just <laughs> the second you open your mouth, you're just going in the wrong direction. So you, it's just self-preservation. And, and women, they try to get you to talk. They ask you, they poke at you, they follow you. You know, they, they want to get some kind of connection with you. Estrogen is connection. So they're looking for estrogen. And they think instinctively, if I get him to talk, his estrogen will go up and we'll be connected. But no, when because see, for a woman, when her estrogen goes up, peace of mind comes in. So if we want to create resolution, let's talk about it. It's become the mantra since the 90s of every time there's a problem, let's talk about it. But divorce has only gotten higher and higher and higher. <laughs> it's like talking about it for a man, if he's upset with the person he's talking to, doesn't work. And for a woman, if she's upset and she talks about it to the person who can't listen to her, 
she will just become more and more upset. So she has to take time to not go chop wood, but to go talk to somebody who's had a similar experience, who's also resolved that experience. So you've got two types of women's support groups. You've got the women's support group where they all sit around and they complain about men as if men are bad. And they just reaffirm their victimness. They feel good. It's like drinking alcohol. It does feel good, but it doesn't resolve anything. What you want is a, a support group of women who all love men, but also have complaints about men. And so you can complain together, but then you're letting it go because you think men are wonderful. And that's you know, like my wife has a group of women and she says, I will never complain about my husband to another woman unless that woman holds my husband in high esteem. Because, you know, that's the whole key is that all this negativity is illusion. It's just how we make things drama. We're victims and whatever. You feel it. Let it go and come back to who we are as, as spiritual beings. Everything's happening for a reason. Everything's an opportunity to grow. Some need is being fulfilled. It's an opportunity to love more. It's giving what we're here to do, which is to give love, not to take, not to criticize, not to blame, not to put down, not to punish. Who? We're not here for that. You know, the, the world is such that people are so lost in, from their spirit, they're out killing each other and wars are happening. So I don't demonstrate for peace. I demonstrate for peace by working hard on helping people find love in their marriages. Because I know unless children grow up in families where parents are loving each other, they don't even know what love is.